New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Well, hello, guys. Welcome to day 45 of Walking Through Exodus. I am Nikki Tig. I serve here with our student ministry here at New Vision. I'm really excited to spend a few moments with you today. Today, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 23, verses 1 through 19. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Verse 1. You must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. You must, follow, you must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you are called to testify in a dispute, do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice. And do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. If you come up upon your enemy's ox or donkey that is strayed away, take it back to its owner. If you see that the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and help. In a lawsuit, you must not deny justice to the poor. Be sure to never charge anyone falsely with evil. Never sentence an innocent or blameless person to death, for I never declare a guilty person to be innocent. Take no bribes, for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe makes even a righteous person twist the truth. You must not oppress foreigners. You know what it's like to be a foreigner, for you yourselves are foreigners in the land of Egypt. Plant and harvest your crops for six years, but let the land be renewed and lie uncultivated during the seventh year. Then let the poor among you harvest whatever grows on its own. Leave the rest for wild animals to eat. The same applies to your vineyards and olive groves. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It also allows your slaves and the foreigners living among you to be refreshed. Pay close attention to all my instructions. You must not call on the name of any other gods. Do not even speak their names. Each year, you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. First, celebrate the Festival of Unleavened Bread. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in the early spring in the month of Abib. For that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. No one may appear before me without an offering. Second, bring the festival, celebrate the festival of harvest when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season, when you have harvested all your crops from the fields. At these three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord. You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast, and do not leave the fat from the festival offerings until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Thank you guys for hanging in there for the reading of that chapter. And we're really going to camp out on the first part of this chapter uh, for the most part. Um, and this passage honestly can sound like a bunch of do's and don'ts. 
And quite honestly, it's because there are a lot of do's and don'ts. And I've heard people say they feel like the Bible is a big book of rules, which makes them not want to read it or honor it. But honestly, I have been challenged and refreshed at this list of rules because these the foundation of these rules are, are rooted in love, which is exactly why I've been challenged yet refreshed after reading them. I've been challenged by basically being told to help my enemy when given the opportunity. That is challenging. But I've been so refreshed by seeing just in a fresh new way of how God truly does desire justice for all people. And his rules are rooted in love. I know, like I said, people say it's a lot of rules and do's and don'ts, but it's just so cool to to see it when... um, See, knowing that these rules are rooted in love and these scriptures are, are just a glimpse into God's heart and we get to see what he values and we see that he values people and he tells us not to do these things because they're contrary to his will. But man, it's so agreeable with our flesh. It's so agreeable. So he values people and in telling us how to treat others because he knows that we tend to do the wrong thing when left up to to ourselves. So He instructs us not to pass false rumors, which is gossip. We are not to slander someone that God created. He tells us not to lie on the witness stand because God is truth. He's telling us all of these things because they are contrary to his will and his identity. He is truth. He also tells us not to follow the crowd in wrongdoing. So this is a good lesson for us to choose the crowd we surround ourselves with carefully. Uh, we're even reminded of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Another, um, one of the, another one of our rules says, don't slant your testimony because a person is poor. It's telling us not to show favor. Not for the rich, not for the poor. Even James chapter 2, verse 1 tells us that as well. So, um, th- This scripture goes along with other scriptures that you read throughout um, the Bible. Verse six says, do not deny justice to the poor. And this should really motivate us to question what we think about and how we treat the poor in our communities or in our country. Because verse six telling us not to deny justice to the poor. Verse eight says, do not take bribes. It says it makes you twist the truth and it shows It shows us that not only is there going to be a temptation for us to twist the truth, but that there's going to be an opportunity to twist the truth and to take a bribe. So God is truly preparing us for real life that we are living today. All of this was written so many uh, thousands of years ago. This is um, so relevant for us today. Verse 9 says, do not oppress foreigners. And it's um, interesting because we have this natural bend to be superior We have this natural bend to be first and be self-serving. And when we act this way, it can oppress other people. And it doesn't feel like it in the moment because we are just on that path to success. And um, like I said, just really self-serving. But it can definitely be um, oppressing for other people. And honestly, it's so easy for us to think that we don't do this, that we don't do these things. But if it wasn't a reality and a temptation, I don't think God would bother mentioning it. Um, Like I said, it's easy for us to think that we don't do these things and we're not guilty of these. um, And we like to think that 
disobedience, and I don't even want to say always we, I just say even for myself, (laughs) that disobedience is this huge act, like this big thing. But I love how this version of scripture, this New Living Translation, I love how that scripture uses the wording even in verses two and three. It says, don't slant your testimony. Don't twist the truth. And we're so prone to do it because we think of like, oh, I didn't tell a lie. I just kind of bent the truth or told a half truth. But this is telling us even when we are If we want to measure our lie, it's saying that even if you're measuring it, don't even twist it or slant it because it's wrong. And this is just so relevant for us today. So I love that in verse two and three. And also it's, we are instructed in these verses not to gossip, not to show favor to people based on their income, not to oppress the foreigner and more, all these things. And why does God tell us that? Because he knows that we're likely to do it. I mean, to my knowledge, the Bible doesn't tell us not to eat concrete or not to walk around backwards. Why? Because there's no temptation to do that. We're not typically tempted to do things like that. So he is advising us and telling us how to to live because he knows what's going to be a temptation for us. He knows the sins that we could fall into. So God's word is so timely and so relevant for us. Even though it's written so long ago, this is just as meaningful for us today in October of 2020 as it was when it was written to the original audience. God knows there's a temptation to be unkind to others. So not only does he tell us not to gossip or oppress others, but he tells us that we should actually help those who do in their time of need. So there may be people who are gossiping and oppressing and doing all the wrong things, but God's like, even you'd help your enemies, you help people. So verse four says, if you come up on your enemy's ox or donkey that is strayed away, take it back to its owner. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and help. Now, it's likely that you are not going to see your enemy's ox or donkey that is strayed away. <laughs> Not in today's time, but it is possible that you could see your enemy on the side of the road having car trouble. And God tells us that we should help them in their time of need. So this doesn't sound like a God who just hands out a rule book. This is coming from the God who loves all people and wants us to treat who he loves with love. This passage is spoken by God himself. It's his words, his desires, his command, and his way of telling us what's important. And as we close, verse 13 says, pay close attention to these instructions. He didn't say, follow all these rules. You know, it's not in that, in that tone. He advises us to pay close attention to his instructions. These are instructions, not a list of rules. He's instructing and guiding us. And this is just his heart for his people. The people that you agree with, the people that you don't, the people who vote like you, the ones who don't the rich person, the poor person, all of it. Through this list of instructions, he's guiding us to love and justice because he's both. Thank you so much for joining me as we walk through this passage. And please join us tomorrow as Ben Curtis shares more on this chapter. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you Monday.